I literally, you're my second interview using this uh, Riverside okay. platform. Yeah, it's all recorded locally, which is nice. And then it uploads after you're done with the recording. And then yeah, you, you have options to do like high def, records, you know, wave, I think like 16-bit, 48 sample rate. Right. Um, I used Zencaster before. But man, that was such a pain in the ass. There was like temporary dropouts and it looked like the other person was in a like a pixelated snowstorm half the time. It right. was pretty, it was rough. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to try this Riverside. And so far it's yeah. been pretty cool. It's been good. Sweet. So cool. you're in LA right now. Thanks again for joining the podcast. First of all, yeah. man. Thanks for having me. It's always good to hang with another certified trainer as yourself. And yeah, it's... when did you get certified? September 1st. 2014 it's crazy it's about to be a decade wow that's, that's crazy it's really insane i <laughs> went to dubspot in 2013 and started learning live eight the year before uh -huh. you got certified so you've been around longer than i have yeah it's 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 crazy to 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 some seem like an og and then i know people who got like i guess like right off the bat almost like what was it 08 or something like that it's just kind of interesting to, like i learned live and 2008 yeah. and then i never had any plans or ambitions to like do a certification it just kind of like happened yeah some sort of way yeah are you teaching much these days not much like i have some clients and stuff but you know i'm working full time now so like everything the the whole like pandemic and then even coming out of it is me trying to figure out how my life exists separate from my work life since you know, work takes up like eight hours a day and then sometimes yeah. some of your mental capacity. So it's been interesting trying to like go from going on long walks and thinking and writing and coming up with ideas and writing 15 things and three of them are good to like, I only have time really to write a couple of things and work on a couple yeah. of things. So it can be a tough balance being a creative artist slash musician and teaching other people to do the same and paying the bills and then yeah. also finding time to hang out with friends and be social. And yeah, right. it's a lot. I see that with a lot of certified trainers trying to find that balance. It's, it's weird. Cause I, I wrote a class that was supposed to go online like 2021 for musicians Institute. And then the pandemic happened. They're like, Hey, can you finish this up in a couple of weeks? And so it was like, <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, we want to run it in the fall. And then I I uh, got the job at Cycling 74 in J June of 2020, or I started July. And then they were like, hey, do you want to teach the class still? I know that you're going to be working at Cycling. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll teach the class. It was only one day a week, two classes, four hours total. And I was like, I was like dead. I, was, I started a new job trying to figure that out. And then on Tuesdays, I would have like a one hour break and then I would teach for four hours. And I was like, this is mentally a lot. Yeah. So taking on, taking on new clients is, it's very like, I have to be my own agent and be like, Hey, what are you trying to do? And blah, blah, blah. And if it's too yeah. invested or if yeah. the money's not really there, I'm like, I don't want the, the possible stress or to even let people down. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, things happen in life and then you have to like prioritize and especially when 
a full-time job is like paying you money. You can't like show up halfway in the morning, you know? Yeah. Time is so valuable. I'm trying to be more intentional about how I spend it for myself and for others. It can be a tricky balance no matter what occupation or, you know, whatever job you have. It's just figuring out like, what is your goal? What do you want to really achieve? And then really honing in on focusing your time and energy just into that direction and other things that support it. That's a weird life balance for anybody, I think. (laughs) But I think no matter what, it's, it's, it's still a struggle. Like I, I think I was listening to one of Rick Rubin's podcasts and he was talking to Flea and he was like, you know, I'm a huge musician or whatever, but it's like, sometimes it's like, I just want to sit down and not do anything, but I owe myself to three other people and then millions of fans. So I like, sometimes I have to just make it happen. And, you know, it's, I think a lot of people think like once I get to whatever tier they think they're supposed to get to, like that goes away. And it's like, no, it's just the same thing. Just like sometimes bigger problems or different problems. So it's, it's best yeah. to learn it sooner than later. So, yeah. True. Yeah. Facts. I had a podcast recently, um, Rob Levere, shout out homemade spaceship. He talked about like a Nisby hustle quote. So stay in your lane. There's no traffic there. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> and as good. far as like reaching your goals, like, you know, block out all the noise and all the distractions that could get in your way and just really focus on that hustle of like what you're wanting to achieve and what does that mean for you? I like that. Yeah. I, it's funny. I feel like the, the 2010s was like the age of hustle and gig economy and then everybody got burned out on that. And then the pandemic kind of like had to, and some people d- figured out they needed to reset, I guess. Mm. But I think now like that quote, it's just like hustling in your own lane and seeing like, I think I spent a lot of the 2010s doing what I wanted to do musically, but then also like trying to keep up with what I thought I was supposed to be keeping up with. You know, it's like being out mm. in LA and you know, the bass scene and, and low end theory at the time, you know, it was like, oh, I, I yeah. got to like my my kicks got to be blah, blah, blah. But like, I love that type of stuff. I grew up my first 10 years in New York in the, you know, whatever people say, the golden age, the 80s to me was the golden age because that's kind of where everything got its legs. So I love yeah. all that. And I love bass and I love tribe and I love that. But it was like, I want to express myself in other ways. And so 2020 allowed me to just like sit and like start playing the guitar and like messing with Mm. modular stuff i don't know if that's in frame but it's like just tinkering and and letting that not being like i gotta put stuff out all the time finding myself finding what i want to say and not just being like jamming beats down people's throats but yeah i think there's some freedom in that releasing on your own time and not trying to meet expectations of others there's definitely something to be said about that Yeah. So like what got you into cycling 74? I think that's really interesting. You're one of the few people on this podcast, maybe the only one that's worked at cycling 74 actually. And for people who don't know cycling 74, they developed max, AKA max for live among other applications. Are you max for life certified or max certified? I know that was a thing they started, I I think during the pandemic. No, I'm, I am not uh, max certified. Is that still a thing? I don't, that is still a thing. It's, Okay. It's a slow because it's funny because like Ableton has like this huge following and then Max has a huge following, but not like amongst any type of musician that you could think of in the world. So like everything's kind of smaller and, and at a slower pace than live. So it's 
it's yeah. funny from my point of view being a ct and like being in the ableton world and then working at cycling it's like oh like this is a different beast like there's more like experimental people and more like stuff that's like sound and like music concrete and less like yeah. one two three four <laughs> so it's yeah. it's very interesting so it's kind of like the certification process is kind of a thing where it's like you have a small subset of people that are using this program you have a small subset of people who want to use this program and then a small subset of people who like can teach it and want to teach it you know so it's kind of like a, a slow moving thing but yeah it still exists it's still going it was just a certification cool. um january oh sweet for max oh, yeah yeah for max yeah um, cool. But yeah, how I got into it, um, two ways. So one, I met Tom Hall when I was teaching at MI, the director of electronic music. I, I forget titles all the time. But they were like, hey, we want to teach a Max course. Do you know anybody? So I, this was around NAM 2015, 14. I talked to Darwin Gross, who we lost last year, about it. And he was like, and if anybody knows Darwin when you see him sometimes he may seem like oh this guy i don't want to mess with him and then you talk to him he's a really nice guy but he was like you want to talk to tom hall um he's probably interested in teaching the class so i spoke with tom got them hooked up he taught a, only one class because once again max is a small subset of you know it's a yeah. very uh what's that i have a particular set of skills type situation so niche yeah, yeah like Two people signed up, especially back in 2015. Two people signed up for the class. That was me and another teacher. And um, we took the class, and I got to know Tom through that. The other one is Javad Buta, who used to be the brand manager on the West Coast at Ableton. Me and him are oh, really yeah. good friends. And um, cool. when they were thinking about hiring somebody, Javad was like, you should hire Josh. And then Tom was already trying to like get me in there. So yeah, yeah that's kind of how I got in. And they were kind of like, we don't have somebody who has like this kind of background on the team. So they, they pitched me a gig and I was like, all right, I like new challenges. I like money and yeah. let's see what happens. <laughs> so, if you can get paid and be challenged to do what you like, that's a good and day. I, yeah. And, and I wanted to learn Max more intently, like and intensely, uh, like I knew how to do Max for live stuff, but I was like, how do you do just only Max? I had no idea how to do that. And funny enough, for my Ableton certification, my worst section was doing Max for Life stuff. I don't know if they Me still too. do that, but they, they, yeah, it was just like, Thomas yeah. was like, yo, that sucked. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> and it, it, almost, it almost got me out. That's funny. Yeah, I, when I did my Max for Life presentation, I just took a device and just reverse engineered it and then built it back up from the ground up. <laughs> that was my presentation. That's, I didn't really know how to do a whole lot of anything else. Yeah. That's not bad. Like that's how everybody learns. It's max to me is like, um, building a web page. It's like, you could just download mm -hmm. a web page, uh, not all of them these days, but like basic web pages and then just deconstruct yeah. them and fool around with them and be like, what if I added a dial here? And you're like, Oh crap, it works. You know? So, like, that's a great way to kind of, like, teach and learn, you know, Max. Yeah. And Max for Live. I'm there, I'm there full-time. I'm on my lunch break okay, right so now. Okay, so that is your full-time gig now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Well, that was the funny thing that I asked Darwin because he he kind of said like half time you'll be doing this, half time you'll be doing that, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. Well, are we working there full time? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I just wanted to double check. That was the situation. I don't know if you're allowed to say, but like, are there any interesting projects coming up that either you're working on or the team is working on at cycling? Uh, I guess the only thing I can say is we're just trying to make Max better. Always trying to make Max better. Like, there's. What does that mean? What does better mean? Be- like, <laughs> it's funny to try to like say stuff without saying stuff. I've never had any political yeah. media training, um, but yeah, it's just try like we're you know working on objects and different things to you know help people be able to use Max more efficiently and like when you're getting started things to make it a little bit easier that way. So, and then we're always working with people on um, packages for Max. If people don't know that, if you have Max standalone, there's packages that you could download or the free. Um, the, was it the Rhythm and Time Toolkit just came out from one of the CTs, Philip Meyer. So it's it really simplifies sync, sequencing with audio rate signal. So it's like really accurate audio rate sequencing. And so he made um, this whole pack out of Rainbow, which is a export that you could do. Like you could do similar maxi stuff in Rainbow and then export it as like a VST or a web a project or um, a max that's external. Cool. So, yeah. So basically, what you're saying, I mean, for anybody who maybe is like somewhat newer to the whole max thing, you could definitely make like VSTs or plugins just in Max standalone, right? Uh, not well. It's easier in Rainbow. You can kind of do it through Max using Gin and Juice. Gin and Juice. I just got that one. Um, but <laughs> I've never done it. So I don't know how easy or not it is. Like I kind of, I stay in the usual, you know, lakes and rivers that I'm used to, which is like max straight up MSP and a little bit of jitter. Like I keep dipping my toe in it because sometimes it just gets overwhelming. So I just take small bites at jitter and work my way up. So what are some of your favorite max projects or even max for live devices that you've worked on? Um, what are they used for as well, I guess? It'd be good for people uh, to know. Like the ones that I've used? Let's start with maybe the ones you've made and then favorites that you've used and what they've been for. Um, I'd say the one that I made, I didn't know we were going to do ones that I made. I haven't made too many, especially that are public. A lot of stuff I do is just for myself, making utilities and things in Max or Max for Live. But um, I did one, it's funny, I don't even know the name of it. Um, <laughs> I did one... Oh, mix down prepper. So, you know, sometimes like you're doing a mix and then you want to like reset all the volumes and reset the sends and pans and start actually mixing it. It did all that. Yeah. It would just reset oh, all cool. of them to like negative six or 12 or 24. And then it would put all your sins back to negative infinity and a bunch of other stuff. It would just reset everything, make a new track for a reference track. Um, and then you can toggle back and forth between the reference and the like your actual track. And oh, um, yeah, I made that, I made that with very little knowledge of Max for Live and, you know, good amount of help from Tom, like, you know, but. Is that something people can download right now or is that just something private you made? Yeah, it's something, it's on the Producers Kitchen Gumroad, so producerskitchen.gumroad.com. Also the YouTube channel that I used to run, it still exists, but when, I think right, bef- right before the pandemic, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. 
And then after I started working, I was like, I probably won't be doing this much anymore. So, uh, yeah. but there's still, the videos are still live there. And, um, yeah, that's yeah. a cool device. I like that. I think that could be really useful for people. Yeah. What about other devices? Forest stuff is always good. I really like their, th- their stuff. I would say my favorite, actually, I think it's still a, a Max for Live device, is MIDI monitor, to be honest. <laughs> Sometimes I'll play something, and I'm like, I don't know what notes I just played. And then I, like, or it's six months have passed, and then MIDI monitor will just kind of, like, show me where I could play it on the keyboard as opposed to, like, on the piano roll. So, yeah. And then it'll also tell me the chords. So if I need to share that with somebody or if I need to write shorthand or whatever, it's yeah. just right there for me. That could be really handy. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, like... Like I have this little thing here. So I'll write down oh. like chords. I'm trying to learn Foo Fighters, Doll. Very easy guitar stuff. Don't laugh at me. Um, I'm not laughing. And, I'm laughing with stri- you. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, and strip, strip my mind by Red Hot Chili Peppers. So it's like that type of stuff where I, if I write some sort of piano thing and it'll tell me like, oh, A sustain, I'm like, sus too. I'm like, all right, cool. I know what to play on the guitar. So mm. um, what else? The probability pack. Um, Sonic Factions got a lot of randomization and chords and stuff like yeah. that. Anything for Live Me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Live Me. Yeah. I'm trying to think what they made. I've, I swear I've used some of their stuff. Well, they were the first ones I found out. Of, like they had the momentary, and then they had the one-click mapping. So you'd have like a controller, uh. and then you would just click on something, turn the knob, and then it immediately is mapped to it. Um, mm. That's, that's cool. a dope. That's a dope. Or any of the stuff from from him is dope. He's also a CT. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name because I'm bad at phonics. But um, <laughs> that's fair. Dr- <laughs> Drum folder LDM design. I think is the company or the person that makes it. But you can just load yeah. a bunch of drums in a fol- from a folder and then like trigger them. So if you just have an insane amount of samples. It makes life a little bit easier. Load that in the drum rack. And Interesting. Get going. Man. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good Max Fly devices out there. It's just like expanded all workflows and possibilities you need, pretty much. It's kind of insane. You mentioned Probability Pack. I really love that. There's some really good stuff in there. The Inspired by Nature stuff, Dylan Bastion. He's an oh, yeah, yeah. brilliant, brilliant person. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm he's just... He's on a different I'm, level, dude. Dylan, I ever talked to him. Uh, it's just yes. like he's just up there. He's just yes. out there in outer space. His brain is working in ones and zeros constantly. Right. Yeah. Dylan. So I I met Dylan. I don't know, like 2017 or 18 at a Max event. Like so free spirit, and you're just kind of like, oh, you know, like my just you know your assumption, like oh, they're just like chill granola whatever and then you're like no like science like straight up like computer (laughs) science brain on this other you know plane and uh they showed me the nature inspired like when 11 was coming out yeah we did that ct event with him yeah yeah oh like oh he he showed me the it like uh months before that because i needed to i needed to wait did i present that I presented it somewhere, so I needed to know how it works. So he started explaining it to me, and I was like, and he started going in depth, and I was just like, uh, <laughs> my brain was melting. It's like, all right, cool, man. Yeah, like, that's another level. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's a brilliant programmer. Yeah, Dylan Bastion, anybody listening, look him up. He's made several packs for Ableton, and they all slap. They're all really solid. Yeah, 
This episode is sponsored by Loopy Pro. I've talked about this product on the podcast with multiple guests, especially when it comes to live looping, and I personally reached out to them. It can be a huge pain in the butt putting everything together for a live show, whether it's live looping or a more traditional setup. Sometimes your gear doesn't have all the features you need and you have to settle or start plugging together a bunch of different expensive gadgets. Loopy Pro is a new live performance DAW and looper which lets you easily build literally any kind of setup. You can get unlimited loops and one-shot clips, a fully capable mixer, support for multi-channel USB sound cards, lots of plug-in support with inserts, sends, instruments, tons of other stuff. But the thing that really brings a lot of artists to Loopy Pro is its deep but easy to use action system, which lets you effortlessly assemble the tools you need to follow your creative vision, especially with live looping. You'll never see anything like it, and you can control it all on one screen with a number of MIDI controllers, and you can even fully automate the entire performance experience. There are tons of artists out there using Loopy Pro at a professional level, like DubFX, Beardy Man, and many other artists have moved to Loopy Pro to solve a lot of their issues. It runs on iOS with macOS support coming soon. You can run their VST in a DAW, and you can try it out for yourself at loopypro.com free for seven days. So grab that free trial, and you can buy it for 30 bucks. Literally so cheap compared to many other plugins out there. For all that you get, 30 bucks is literally nothing. Just don't drink coffee for two weeks and you'll have it forever. Check it out. Go to loopypro.com, download that free trial and test it out for yourself. Then, yeah, the Inspired by Nature one was interesting because like a lot of the values were controlled by some kind of naturally occurring something in nature. I'm probably, I'm not explaining it super well, but like one with one, I think he did the one with the weather patterns. I, I know the tree one and then the 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 balls dropping. That was a pretty cool one. Bouncy notes or bouncy yeah. trees. Yeah, there was a bunch of crazy stuff in there. Yeah, the that was pretty cool. But yeah, the weather pattern ones is like real time data. The the knobs and different things would move based off of the weather patterns in specific locations that you Is that in that pack or is it a different one? I think it's in the connection kit. I might be wrong. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that out then. I might be wrong, but yeah, there's a lot of good ones out there. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the things you've done too. Uh, I know that you taught a Saudi prince Ableton at one point. Like, I'm so curious to hear that story. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that earlier. How did you end up teaching a Saudi prince Ableton? I, it was like right after certification. It was weird. Like I got so many gigs right after I got certified. Oh yeah. That was the only reason. That was the reason I got certified. Shout out to Dave Garnish. Uh, I don't like talk about him enough. I saw him on Melrose and I saw his buddy had a Moog shirt on. And I was like, oh, nice shirt. And I was like, do you do music? He's like, no, this guy does. And I was like, oh, what do you do? He's like, oh, I run that school right there. And I was like, oh, you looking for teachers? He's like, are you able to CT? And I was like, no. He's like, get back to me when you become one. So the next year I became one. And I was like, hey, man, so I became a CT. Can I teach now? And he's like, all right. So I did, I was doing a bunch of different gigs and I'll, my name, I guess, just popped up on the website and whatnot. And one of them was this guy was like, hey, I represent a diplomat and he's wanting to learn how to use his, um, his uh, launch pad with Ableton Live. And I was like, oh, okay. So, and he was like, yeah, so he's a Saudi diplomat. Actually, I don't even think he said that. So I was like, oh, okay, like, this is my fee, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, all right, cool. You should have raised your fee. 
I it was it was pretty good. It was pretty it was a pretty good fee for me, but I definitely should have came higher because he lives like way up at the top of, you know, the whatever the Sierra whatever these mountains are. Not the Hollywood Hills with the next one over. I'm not a geography major, but um so he lived way up there. It would take like an hour to get up there almost. So I would wow. teach at one school, race up to his place. And then he would never be awake. I don't blame the guy. I don't blame the guy for his lack of work ethic. Like if I was a Saudi prince, I wouldn't, I'd wake up whenever. Yeah, dude, if you had unlimited amounts of cash. Yeah. Like in your like, royalty, I, why yeah. not? Sleep all day, do whatever you want. It's like I flew in on a private jet at 6 a.m. I'm going to sleep in to 2.30. So I would... Are you just hanging out in his palace, just waiting for? No, literally, I was. So I, I finally get to the place. Like they had to let me into the grounds of where all the people live. Like Eddie Murphy has a house up there and whatnot. And so I go in. He's like, "Oh, it's just this way." Blah blah blah. So I go in, go to the house gate. They let me in. Obviously, everything you think, like the whole driveway, fountain. Mm. Then I go. They let me in, and I go in an indoor fountain. It has like a globe with like water spraying out of the top of it indoors. Made of gold. I don't Yeah, I was still just, it was all like, because, you know, like I said, I just become a CT. I had moved to LA three years prior having no connections. And I'm like, what am I doing here? So then he's like, hey, so, you know, the prince will be out. And I'm like, prince like that? You didn't mention <laughs> the prince part. I was like, I thought he was just a diplomat. So he goes, That's oh, awesome. you can wait in here in his office. And I used every ounce of my body to be cool, but I go to walk into the office and the office is, the floor is plexiglass and it's a like three foot high, like train style model of LA County is the floor. And I was like, I I almost fell. I was like, in my head, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) But in my head, I was just like, be cool. Like my body was like, be cool. So I go and sit, I wait like an hour. I don't even know how long I wait. And then he is like, oh, he's not going to be able to make it. So I got paid. <laughs> oh, damn. To like just sit in this room. And then he's like, can you come back? It was like the next day. So I come back the next day. And then he's like, oh, the princes are ready. Do you want me to show you his cars? I was like, yeah, sure. So <laughs> can I drive him? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, once again, about money. I was like, I don't want to drive it. That's how I lose money. So uh, he's like, oh, let's go into the elevator and i was like elevator so we go down underneath the property and then it's just like a garage of cars and then there's a car elevator and i'm like this is insane (laughs) so then i'm just waiting for him again sitting in the kitchen this time with all there's like all these cooks going around and making food and i'm just waiting and then he finally comes out i teach him for about he seems very disinterested (laughs) I teach it for about an hour. And he was like, okay, you know, cool, blah, 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 blah. And then I was kind of like, this is a cool story, but I don't really want to like wait around for hours. I like, you know, getting paid is cool, but it's like, I could be doing other things with my time and people who, you know, have the time to learn. You've probably had students like that. They're like, yo, I want to make dope beats, son. And then you're like, all right, cool. So this is like a drum rack. Like, no, I want to, you know, just like, dude, we got to start somewhere. (laughs) So. I told I told his 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 uh, actually the guy was security slash something else he did all these jobs and uh, I told him I was like hey man you know I'm gonna need like more cash or something because I drive really far 
he's really not like around. And he was like, I've been telling him that. I've been telling him like, you know, this is really far to come up here and it's costly for people. He's like, but he doesn't want to yeah. do that. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> it's like, it's cool. So, yeah. It's like, just, just sell kinda... one of your cars or give me one of your cars and then I'll come back more often. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like... <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. It was like, I that's don't... a cool story though. I yeah. mean, that's fun. Even though it wasn't a long-term relationship, like what yeah. a great story. That's pretty yeah. cool. I was expecting him to like fly out on a magic carpet or something. <laughs> you guys like hanging out. <laughs> well, that was the, oh, my headphones. What's that? Get? That's really funny. Yeah, you'd expect a Saudi prince to be paying a lot more for Ableton lessons. Oh, one second. Sorry. No, you're good. I should have not used wireless headphones. Hey, don't can you ever hear me? use. Yeah, don't ever use wireless headphones, people. They'll die. What, uh, what are your favorite headphones? Do you have favorite headphones that you use? What are these? The A A I A I A I. How do you say that? <laughs> Ow. I I I I I I. I. <laughs> Yeah, these are the wireless ones that I, I got from them and they're really awesome. Like I have like when I practice, I use sometimes use a wireless um receiver for, or send and receive from Amazon and it's like uh-huh. it was like sixty bucks and then I use these and then I can walk around my apartment and just jam and I don't notice any latency. So um, interesting. Yeah, every time I've tried to use Bluetooth I always encounter some kind of latency, so that's interesting to hear. Yeah, it's it, to me, it's not noticeable, but I don't know. Everybody has different experiences. I've, you know, just playing with people and trying to like do all that stuff. Maybe my brain kind of lines up latency differently than other people. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I have the uh, Biodynamic 990s. Okay, uh, I really like those a lot. They need they need a lot of juice. Like it's kind of I mean if you get the two hundred and fifty ohms, you can't really just plug it in your laptop. It'll be too quiet. But yeah, and for the price, I think they're my favorite that I've experienced. Yeah. Are they? They look really comfortable. They are. It makes you look like Mickey Mouse. They've got like the big wide <laughs> cone head things. These guys right here. Yeah, I like them. They're very soft. They have like little pillows on your ears. So. That's that's I think that's the most important thing to me because if you're gonna be making music for hours, there's nothing mm-hmm. worth like the the open back AKGs I have. They were kind of bad to start with, and then as time went on, the leather got kind of like dry, and then it's like yeah. stabbing you in the head, and it's pushing on Ugh. your ears. No thanks. And, yeah, it's just kind of yeah. not really that fun. So yeah, you don't want to be bleeding from the ears as you're making music <laughs> that's not going to inspire you you're like oh it's like it sounds like dripping is happening in this song no but yeah these these gt 990s they're they're pretty comfortable for open back headphones good for mixing yeah as a reference i'd use them as like a second pair well i know you've also done some live tech and playback with a couple different artists i think it was like Giorgio Moroder, is that right? Yeah, that was a fun time. Yeah, I saw he did, he did a collab with David Bowie, which is pretty cool. You also did live playback with ZZ Ward, who did a collab with Gary Clark Jr., one of my favorite yeah. of all time artists. Yeah, it's, um, both of them, uh, like I'm in talks to do some stuff with them soon coming up with ZZ and her team. Um, she's got a new album out. Um, so I did a, I did a, I've never gone out. I've just done prep. Um, you know, those are probably the, 
the bigger name people and other people have like helped with their prep in various ways. So there's a funny thing if you're like, in my opinion, if you're doing like biz stuff that, you know, when you're talking to people, it's not really a thing to do, but like, you know, when you're doing your bio and you, you know, you're like, Oh, I worked with this person. I've done this. And like, it doesn't matter how much time you've spent doing it. <laughs> you just put it down. Um, so <laughs> Like, I only worked with him one day, and that was because Yuda Benatar yeah, uh, was working with him on... Yeah, Yuda's, uh, Yuda's dope um, out here in L.A. Really amazing musician, great teacher. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Before I got certified, he he actually encouraged me. He's like, I think you could do it, dude. You should go for it. But um, during that time, he was like, hey, I can't do this. I'm doing this session with, with Jai for Jojo Morota, and I think you should you could be able to do it. Can you fill in for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. On the way to Giorgio's house, I looked him up and I was like, wait, he's the never ending story guy. Like that's like my <laughs> reference yeah. was like, ah, oh, never ending story. Like that's my childhood. And then like when I was there, like working on some of the tracks for the show, I saw the Scarface poster in my head. I thought, Oh, maybe you like Scarface, like almost every rapper from the 90s. And I was like, no, he probably wrote that music. So like I looked on my phone, I was like, oh, yeah, he did write Scarface. I'm glad you didn't say that out loud like an idiot. Um, uh, but he was, a, he was a very nice dude. We had Pete, me and me, him, Jai and his wife had Domino's Pizza in his place. We talked for a little bit. He talked about how he used to go skiing in the Swiss Alps and his dad used to climb and stuff like that. Really cool dude. And then ZZ and them reached out to me through email, probably through, it might've been through Ableton directly or just through some sort of way. I never know how people get a hold of me. And um, I told them like, hey, I can come out. And they go, oh, actually we found somebody. And then two weeks later they go, ooh, we didn't really like what was going on with the, whatever the situation was. And then they were like, can you come by? And then I've been working with her since 2000. 15 or something like that. Cool. I can't remember. Yeah. So, so what did you like on a technical level? Maybe we can nerd out a little bit. What did yeah. you actually do for that prep? So it started out like I would go to the rehearsals and they would just like shop the song. They were just like playing through it. And like, she's like, I, I don't want that. I'm trying to, I'm, I was almost to do it like really like mean, like, I don't want that part. But she was just like, Oh, yeah. you know, we're going to extend this chorus or we're going to do this or we need an, outro or whatever so then i would just manipulate the files to whatever length she needed and so she had her track set up to where you know with uh uh and the 25 key axioms the drummer could just trigger the different songs start stop um and so yeah i would just like warp everything make sure everything's in place they'd run through the songs double triple check and then once they started the tour they were like <laughs> They were like, can you mix this so that like the levels are right for the shows? And I'm like, but I don't know what the speaker is. Just, I don't know what the speaker array is going to be, but I was like, I'll do my best. And I told her, I was like, I'm a drummer. So the background like drums and stuff, the kicks might be hitting. And, but she was like, she did like a kind of hip hop R&B like um, EP when, back in the day when she first started. So she was like, that's cool. And I was like, all right. As long, I just a forewarning that like I, that's kind of where I lean. So I just kind of like put that together real quick, maybe forty five minutes or less or something, because I think they were heading out the next day. 
And then since then, it's, it's been different updates and changes, um, helping with the redundant system. We did a update once and it broke the outputs on the, um, <laughs> the Motu. <laughs> so we had to figure oh, out snap. and reroute that. Yeah, it was, it, that was fun. That was like two years of trying to figure that out. And um, yeah, just a, a lot, like edits, um, adding stuff, you know, I've, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mixing down stems can be real tricky. When I've done the few redundant rigs I've helped with, I ran into the same thing in the middle of rehearsal. They're like, hey, these two songs, we actually want to stem them out and change it this way. So they had to go into like an old Pro Tools file and then bounce everything. And half of the stuff went through like one limiter and the other half didn't. And then oh, I get goodness. the stems and like, well, why doesn't it sound good? I'm like, uh, <laughs> this is what you guys gave me and right. it's going to need some work. And it was a pretty big artist. Like they've won, I think like 12 Grammys. I'm not wow. going to say who it was, but that was a really hard day. It was a yeah. lot of sweating and they were pretty demanding and I didn't have great stems to work with. Like, why doesn't it sound like the original? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I think we probably need some more time here if you guys right. want to come back tomorrow. Yeah. That's, I think that's the funny thing, like uh, for people who maybe haven't done this before, it's like, and when people ask me like, oh, you know, should I try to get certified? And I'm like, can you tell somebody how to work max without, or max, well, if you're going to do a max certification, but can you tell somebody how to work Ableton Live without having it open at all? Can you be at the grocery store and just be like, because yeah. that's the, I, I've gotten that call. Like, we're about to go on Good Morning America. Like, something's wrong. And I have to think through all the situations I've ever been in with live to be like, did you hook yeah. this up? Did you do that? Did you do yeah. this? And it's like, and then they're like, you're saying the pressure when someone's sitting with you, whether it's the artist or the MD or whatever, and they're like, hey, yeah. um, and they don't know anything. So all they know is you're going slow. And it's like, this file is freaking 192 <laughs> kilohertz file that they sent me. Uh, so we had, to, we had to spend four hours downloading it. And then we got to spend 20 minutes Damn. loading the file. You Dude, know, I feel that. <laughs> and, the, and then they don't give you the BPM. I had that once. It was like 92.845. And it's like, we need a click track. And I'm sitting here like, why is this? What's happening here? Yeah, they were using Live 8 and like the oldest redundant rig I've ever seen in my mm. life. I think it was like, I don't even remember the interface. It wasn't iConnect. It wasn't Motu. It was barely redundant. It was such it an was old barely system. Redundant. It was, hadn't been used in like 100 years. It was scary. That's funny. Yeah, but, that's. I mean, it's the trial by you fire got through thing. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get through it and you just move on. So, and, and even if it goes bad, like even like I've had bad, I've definitely had bad like presentations, and and at first it used to rock me, and I just like yeah, it happens. Mm. You, yeah, I'm sure Barbara Streisand has like sung badly at least once. You know, it's like <laughs> it's gonna happen. You know, it was probably the auto tune in the wrong key that was triggering by <laughs> from a dummy clip. <laughs> That would, that would so that's two things that would be interesting i don't think she i think she stopped touring but if if uh as they say babs used auto-tune and she was she had uh able to live as her as her backing that would be great yeah so you're working full-time with cycling 74 you're still doing mm -hmm. these occasion occasional rigs uh for live stuff it sounds like with zz 
Yeah, man. Like, what what's next for you? Like, what what are you excited about as far as music goes or projects that you're working on? Uh, I'm excited really about kind of exploring what I want to say. I think I've spent the last 20 years doing, well, 30 years doing different types of art, trying to express myself, not fully able to do that. I could just stand up for a number of years. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I was I, wanted to talk to you about that too. Yeah, it's like I I did that for eight or nine years. You know, made some good friends. Made you know, learned a lot of different things. But you know, stand up is stand up, and when I stopped doing it, it wasn't really in this age of like share all your feelings that a lot of stand ups do. It was like jokes. Mm. Not that the not that those aren't jokes either, but it's just like straight ahead jokes. So I was like, I, I don't feel like I can fully express myself. So then I got into music, but then I got really you know, into like trying to be an amazing beat maker or whatever. So I never sang or anything like that. So now I'm working on like figuring out what I want to say. I have a couple of songs that I've got demos for and trying to put together an EP and then eventually an album that's kind of like Flaming Lips meets Shadows Collide with People, Jabra Shante meets like the stuff that I've done previously, (laughs) you know. Just That's like a cool beat blend. driven, but also melodic and spacey and raw. So yeah. that's what I've really been trying to explore. It's like how to emote those things consistently with multiple ideas and songs and whatnot. So yeah, that's kind of that. And um, I need to put out this live performance I did earlier in the year. Cause I was like, I need to, I like people dug that and uh, I need to put it out. So yeah. maybe I'll that's do cool. that. When does this go up? Maybe I'll put it out before it goes up. It's a really good question. Probably like four weeks-ish. <laughs> I'd have to look that up. I got time to slam it into a limiter. September 5th. Cool. I got time to slam time. it into a limiter and put it up on, on my band camp. That's all you need to do. If your mix is bad, just hit it harder into a limiter. <laughs> That'll make it yeah, better. Yeah. So you just slam it. No, I think the, I think the mix is... I think it's really quiet. But yeah, that's that's definitely the the rookie start. You're like, this doesn't sound good. Like, slam it. <laughs> oh, the, I, I wonder if people are still doing that. It's, I wish I could start over and experience this music production thing from the beginning and see what the trends are. Because I just remember in the mm. early 2010s, it was like limiters are awesome. Just like push it hard. Everything was just like EQ hard, uh, limit hard. Everything was. Yeah, the loudness wars came about. Yeah. Probably like what ten years ago that started becoming a real thing, like even more than ever, I'd say. Yeah. Like Metallica's ninth studio album, Death Magnetic. Did you hear about that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I think the mastering engineer, the the band kept telling him we want it louder and louder because they want it to be just in your face, destroyed, aggressive. And the mastering engineer like was going back and forth to the label, arguing with them because he didn't want to make it any louder, and uh, <laughs> it was so bad that. Metallica's fans started signing an online petition asking the band to redo the album because <laughs> yeah, it was that's, so destroyed and bad. Yeah, those loudness wars were were insane. Was, yeah, that Death Magnetic, which I remember I had Rock Band or something, and people were stripping the Death Magnetic Rock Band stems or songs because they were not limited to death and were using those like in their like on yeah. their CD players and whatever. And then I think Californication also suffers from that i didn't notice it for a long time and then i re-listened to it a couple years ago and i was like oh yeah this is like crunchy this whole album just go back and listen yeah it's probably worse if you listen like uh you know like aac or mp3 or whatever 
than even CD because then it's then it's like dithered <laughs> even yeah, more so even more compressed. Yeah, yeah, so it's just like lopped off bits. Dude, that's funny you say that. I think it was a couple weeks ago. I was going back and listening to some really old records and songs that I loved from like junior high and high school days. Yeah, and I was like, this sounds bad. <laughs> this, does, <laughs> this doesn't sound good at all. Right. But I loved that track, which I right. think also goes to show that like it's really about the vibe. Like you could have the most perfect mix in the entire yeah. world. But if the vibe or the energy and like the melodies and everything isn't there to give you that feeling, it doesn't matter how how well it's mixed, yeah. you know? Yeah, there's a ton of well-mixed. Like I've gone to like ASCAP festivals and different things that people hand you their CDs. I'm like, wow, this sounds amazing, but it makes me feel nothing. And, you know, it's, it's not a yeah. diss to those people, yeah. but it's just kind of like, like for me, like I said, Shadows Collide with People is a very polished album and a lot of John Frusciante's albums aren't, but... Like the emotion that I see in those albums is amazing. Um, the mm. new Danny Brown and JPEG Mafia album is like yeah. a straight up like posse cuts like from the nineties, like mixes all weird, vocals are tucked yeah. weird, everything, but the emotion is amazing. Um, and totally. so it's just like sometimes like the most important thing isn't getting it absolutely perfect, but um you know, getting the emotion, like I played one of the demos I have to one of my students who's 82 years old and he, oh, wow. he's, it was weird. He started like crying and I was like, but I, but this is the demo where I sung badly. He's like, yeah, but like, I understood like what you were trying to say. And I was like, well, that means a lot to me because I didn't know if that would come across at all because mm -hmm. my singing is so bad in this demo. And he was like, no, he's like, once you get, once you like re-record your vocals on this, like, it'll be great. And I was like, oh man, thanks. And it's like further, you know, ensuring mm -hmm. this idea of like the emotion, the lyrics, the intent, the, the chord structure, um, you know, how you just like arrange everything is the most important part. And, you know, you can always Definitely. remix or upload again or whatever, you know? Yeah, I, I totally agree, man something I'm trying to be more conscious of these days is like the headspace I'm in while I'm in the moment creating or just getting out of my head in general, getting more into that flow yeah. state and just doing rather than thinking. Right. Those, those early, like once again, those early days, like when you were just putting, <laughs> you know, MIDI notes down, you're like, Oh, that's cool. And not like, well, yeah. that, that chord doesn't really go with that one. And I should maybe <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, yeah. I feel like listening to 80s songs, not all of them, but it, there's a good amount of hit 80s songs that's like, there's not a lot going on there. And they're classic songs. You know, yeah, it's like. That's true. It's usually just a big snare drum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's the 80s. Literally, every 80s snare drum, like the snare was hit with a baseball bat with reverb. Right. That's 90% like of all the snares. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know the name of the song is specifically but you know the phil collins one tonight 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 oh yeah that one that like there's not very many words in that chorus but it's like everyone can sing it simple notes yeah and like when that yeah. song comes on whether you love it or hate it if it's like karaoke or at a bar or even at a festival like everybody knows the words and it's pretty straight ahead so 
so many catchy melodies and songs in the 80s. You're right. The, a lot of the songs in the 80s were very, very simple. They just had yeah. that hook or that lyric or that melody that just, or that beat that just really drove you. All those instruments were in their infancy. Yeah. And they weren't even like real, you know, like it was like the first time someone said, hey, you just have like a drummer in a box. And so they're just like, they're just haphazardly making this crap. Um, yeah. And then they make like absolute bangers. And it's like, we have yep. all these tools in the world. And it's like, we can easily with a little bit of, t- with a little bit of finesse, like take that same model and then just like high fidelity that, you know? So Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got the 808. That was a staple of the eighties. Yeah. The TR-808 came out, everybody used it. And yeah. today, if you were going to buy that, that'd be like $4,200, but you get all the samples you want pretty much for nothing <laughs> right yeah, you, yeah right you can quickly switch from you know uh detroit techno to you know prince <laughs> with the click of a button you know from an 808 mm-hmm. to a 909 tuned exactly how you want and so it's like they were able to get all these things done with like hours and hours of programming that they had to do so it's like yeah we should be able to be able to express whatever emotion we can you know, it's really yeah. at this moment, um, once you learn like live or whatever, the problem now is just your brain. <laughs> it's like you have all the tools. Yeah. You're like, I need another plugin. No, no, you don't. You no, need you to, don't. your brain, a brain plugin is what you need. Yeah, that's right. Get that um, Neuralink by Elon <laughs> yeah. Musk. Get the, we'll yeah. just plug into the computer. Game, it's problem solved, dude. You just yeah. wake up in the morning, just plug in your brain, yeah, and then you're your just brain. making music. All it, you could be working on music while doing your job at the same time. You know, just that split your brain in half or something. Yeah, if you can hum from your brain into software, that'd be pretty cool. I think it's gonna happen. I think, I think before the end of my lifetime, we'll probably. Wait, what see about my lifetime? At your lifetime, our lifetime. <laughs> I'm like, wait, am I living forever? Am I dying first? What's going on no. here? <laughs> no, hopefully our lifetime. Yes, let me rephrase that. I don't think we're that much apart in age. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. Um, yeah, as long as it's not literally connected, like I don't want the like matrix thing or whatever. I want to be able to take it off completely. I don't want mm. ads showing up in my head and I don't know if they're memories or dreams or thoughts or ads. You know, I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I'm cool with it. <laughs> I don't actually mind. Like, if, plug me into the matrix. If I just get to live a happy fake life, like, I don't as long as I'm happy, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. It's fine. You can have my body. Just let me yeah, go into this imaginary world and have a good time. I That's my biggest fear. It's like just dial pad ads just playing in my head all the time. Like, oh, man, I should sign up for this <laughs> software or whatever. Or, you know, they transfer me over, but have you ever seen, um, it's a show on Amazon. It's kind of like this. They upload your consciousness to the cloud, but like your family, it's literally, it's literally like being jail. Like your family has to put money on your books to like get you upgrades and stuff like that. So if you run out of like credits, you just freeze for a while until like the next year starts. Is it called upload? Yeah. 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 I haven't seen it, but I've I've seen ads. That shows like the epitome of like what I think would really happen 
if they mm. were like, yeah, upload your consciousness to the, you know, to Google Cloud, like Man Cloud or whatever, Human Cloud. Is it worth watching? Should I watch it? Uh, yeah, it's good. It's it's okay. funny. It's it's like a it's a dramedy. And if you like sci-fi and all that stuff, it's good too. I recommend cool. it. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, what was that recent movie about? Um, it was oh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see that? That was a pretty mm-hmm. interesting movie too. About yeah, like, that movie is insane. Yeah, I that was a pretty wild movie. I don't, I don't, I didn't even know what it was about. Like, I have the movie pass or not movie pass, but the AMC whatever pass thing. So I just pay like twenty four dollars a month, and then I just go to the movies whenever. So we were like, oh, this looks cool. And then we went and I was like, yeah. what? It was like the first time I heard like Black Hole Sun. I was like, what is this? It's like, this yeah. is crazy. Play it again. That was a wild movie. Yeah. It's like everything everywhere. Is, it's about like, uh, it's like a Chinese American immigrant who's being audited by the IRS discovers that she like must connect with some parallel universe to like prevent her being destroyed inside the multiverse. It's really, Wait, are you weird. memorizing this or are you reading this? Uh, both. I, I oh, like okay. kind of read off of it just now, okay. but also I've seen <laughs> I it. You were just, I watched it on a plane. I thought you were just coming off the dome. I was like, how How do you remember that? I don't remember. So that this is going to sound... Well, no, I mean, okay, so this is going to sound weird, but recently there's this... Uh, it's like a mental energy drink that sponsored uh-huh. the podcast. It's called Magic Mind, and uh-huh. I thought it was total bullshit, but it's like not caffeinated. It's like ceremonial grade matcha. Uh-huh. And it, you, they have a bunch of nootropics inside of it. I thought it was total like a placebo effect, but I drink it now before podcasts. I just recently started to, and it's crazy mm-hmm. how, how much it helps you focus and like memorize stuff. It's weird. I do drink matcha, so. Dude, you should try it. Yeah, it's called Magic Mind. Honestly, just to be transparent, they do sponsor the podcast, but they sent me a box of the stuff and I've been handing it out to like friends and it's like crazy because you don't feel anxious like you do if you're drinking caffeine, if you're trying to yeah. focus on something or stay awake. It's like, uh, it's called nootropics. Look it up. It's like N-O-O tropic, but it's like becoming a really popular thing now. I know there's like different kinds out there, but I find this like really works for like three or four hours of like serious energy. It helps me like speak more fluently. helps me recall memories yeah. easier. It's weird. Yeah. Check it yeah, out. I've, I've never been great with names, so... Anytime I'm watching a show, I like say to my wife, I'm like, you know, I'm like the the guy, I'm like the guy with the hat, not the, the other hat. She's like, Dave. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that guy. He's pretty funny in that show. Yeah. yeah you I and me know. both, bro. Names are hard. Yeah. I have to say the person's name back like 12 times when I first meet them. And I just, then I just sound <laughs> weird. I was like, it's nice to yeah. meet you, Josh. Have a good night, Josh. I'll see you later, Josh. And they're just like, is this guy broken? Like, what's wrong with him? Like, is it a robot? Yeah. I, That's the I only did way that I can remember. I did that for a while, and then I felt weird. But then also, it kind of didn't work, because I just said their name a lot. And then my brain would say, after a while of not saying their name, was that their name? And then I would just interject. Like, I'd be like, hey, Dan, 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 Dan. And then my brain would go, is it Dan? And it's like, maybe it's Dave. And then our conversation would end. And then I'd be like, oh, crap. Now I don't even know. Now I have to have my wife introduce herself to you and then ask your name. And then you say Dan yeah. and I listen in. But then also I think about something else while you're saying Dan. And then 
No, I mean, you're not alone. I'm pretty sure there's <laughs> other people listening who have dealt with this. This is why we need that uh, Neuralink with Elon Musk. Yeah. So then we'll never forget anything ever. Just, you know? yeah, just sit just and it, all- was it the NFC in your brain? You just send your contact card. Yeah, straight to there the brain. you go. That'd be nice. It'd be very convenient for people like us. So would you ever want to get back into doing comedy again? Like any kind of stand-up comedy or anything like that? You mentioned I th- doing some of that, but you kind of feel like the times have changed. Is that what I was hearing you say? Yeah, like my my comedy at the time was a little edgy, but also sweet. Like people knew there were jokes and stuff like that. It was very morbid. And that's kind of how I am. Like I'm very, I go to, I go to sleep to like horror movies. So I think like I had a lot to say at that time. I was, I was just out of college. I was newly married. So I had a lot of thoughts and opinions and fears and things like that. Um, I haven't really, like I sometimes like pitch joke ideas in my wife, but I haven't really sat down to think about it, about like how I would possibly do that. But I think, I do think about it quite a bit. And I thought when I was going to do the when I did this show back in 2013 with some of my old comedy friends that that was going to be my way back into stand up and we had like a we had like a pilot deal we had shot um some teaser stuff and we were going to shoot a pilot and then it kind of fell apart 2017 so it was a cool like high for like 6 months it was like dude mm. we sold the show like I was talking to the producers at the network and they were like we want you to be, you know if hopefully we can get you as a writer, musical supervisor and DJ. And I was like, Oh, it's about to happen. And I was like, all right, this is when I'm going to get back into standup because once you have like, once you have like uh credits and stuff like that, it's much easier to like headline and stuff like that. I've seen so many, not, uh, I don't want to say so many, I've seen a number of really bad people who just were on TV and just used it as a way to parlay yeah. it to like, Oh, I can get money on the weekend, like doing clubs. Um, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm, I, I feel like I'm funny. And I feel like at the time my track record showed, but, um, like I did some like minor stuff for comedy central, like contests and did different things that, um, worked out and I was respected amongst like Dallas comics and stuff. And some of my peers of like are on TV and things like that. Yeah. I would, I would love to, I think it's just, it would have to be right time, right place. Cause mm. comedy, like if people say not unless you are working in a group or a production group or you're touring as a musician or gigging, comedy has music beat by like a thousand. Mm. I was doing stand up six to seven days a week to get wow. to the point for for two or three years to get to the point where I could start working in clubs and to where like things started kind of happening. Um, so it's like yeah and it's and it's at night so i would work during the day my uh, we'd we'd make dinner we'd drive downtown to dallas we ended up moving down downtown dallas but we'd drive down to downtown dallas both of us me and my wife we'd sit watch 20 comedians some of them homeless some of them funny some of them like extremely racist and weird (laughs) um some of them like should be in therapy you know, not <laughs> telling jokes. Um, and then you go up and you've like been, people been talking to you, people been whatever, you know, it's like comedy, drama, whatever. And then you go, hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Is everybody good? It's like, oh, look at this guy over here, blah, blah, blah. Tell your jokes. You know, you yeah. got to be on. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's, music is a different kind of vibe. Like if you want to, 
you could turn your back to the audience or you could just be like, oh, thanks for coming. And then just play your song and then just walk off. But stand up, mm. you have to be like on all the time. And like, yeah, even doing 10 minutes, you're just like, I'm tired. <laughs> so if you do like multiple sets in a night, you're doing like wow. 10 minute, 30 minute sets, you know? So the, the, I also, I'm 42. So I also, and I'm not in horrible shape or anything, but I also wonder if my mind and body be like, why are you doing this? You're yeah. waiting, to, especially in LA. I don't know, man. Ron White's up there. I mean, there's a lot of older comics too that are still killing, you know? Yeah, but he got, I guess he got like, we, what is it? We got to know him as famous. Maybe he was like in his forties or so, but yeah. like it take, not unless you, there's a couple of people that like popped off pretty early in their career but a lot of times it's like 10 20 years of like touring yeah building up that fan base and yeah and 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 can trying to connect with fans or you know be seen essentially it's like you know you there was a guy who ran the improv in dallas and he got me I don't know. Did I submit or no, no, he got me into like a BET competition. They were looking for somebody to, wow. I think it was somebody to host comic view <laughs> when wow. that was a thing. And, um, so I went to that and like, it's like these connections don't come without you like grinding essentially yeah. on it. So you have to like grind and then hopefully like some of the people I've known, they've either, um, moved out to LA and like with their talent, right time, right place, or, they opened for somebody and that person literally did the like, Hey, this is your cousin, Marvin Barry, you know, that new sound you've been looking for. Like, you know, they mm-hmm. got that mm-hmm. kind of whole back to the future thing going, but, um, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of, it, it's a lot, it's very demanding. And I was in my twenties and I did, one of the things also is I, I didn't want to like leave my life essentially. Like I didn't want to just like mm-hmm. see my wife. Like we were only married like a year. Yeah, that would be tough. That'd be yeah. hard. And so in the first 10 years, I was essentially, I was doing stand-up. So if I would have like started doing the road more, like our first 10 years of marriage, like I would have not seen her because I would have just been gone the whole time. So yeah. 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 I imagine that would be tough, man. Yeah. I like what you're saying with comedy. I mean, it's, I've been getting into comedy a lot more the last couple of years and there's some like good places. Like stand-up shows? Yeah. Like stand-up and shows just been really loving it and just there's some good clubs here in denver there's um comedy works and yeah, that's a really cool place you know there's the comedy store in la and it was really famous yeah. oh i yeah. thought you were saying there was one in denver i was like what was that no no there's yeah there's another place called rise in denver that's smaller for like up-and-coming comics it's been really yeah. solid but yeah i think that it's been cool like I, i've always wanted to go to um, the Mothership, Joe Rogan's comedy club in Austin, Texas. I know that's oh, new. Yeah. And he's like cultivating a comedy scene there. But yeah, like what you're saying, I think in the sense, like, yeah, comedy is way more vulnerable. I haven't been to too many shows where I went in and saw somebody that like was kind of just in the middle. Usually it's like a make or break situation. Either people think you're funny or you're not. Yeah. There's there's not much in between. It's, yeah. if somebody said I had to choose, if somebody said, would you rather be a successful stand-up or a successful musician? I probably would say stand-up because there's like music, you have all of these shiny toys to confuse everybody with, but with stand-up for the most part, it's just you. 
on stage. Yeah. You can't blame anybody. You can't, my string broke. It's like, no, it's just you. You and the feeling of being able to have a bunch of people talking, like to have 300 to like 600 people talking and then they stop talking and then they look at you and like, we're going to, we're going to take time out of our lives and not talk to each other and listen to you, a random person, say things mm. <laughs> for 10 yeah. minutes to 45 to an hour. Uh, you know, it's like, it's, it's, and I think Chris Rock said it's, it's like a God feeling in a way. And it's like, in mm. no other way do I think I would necessarily feel that even if it was like, you know, I did Dodger stadium, like doing a concert, it would be amazing or whatever, but nobody would be like, Hey, we just want to hear Josh Spoon talk. It's like, play something, please. <laughs> we came here for songs, not for your ideas about whatever politics, yeah. cupcakes, you know, kittens like you can talk about anything you want that's one thing i think i really love about um flight of the concords or mark ribier or like these com these musicians by trade originally who became comedians carrie bronstein and yeah. uh, fred armison yeah that's so, yeah exactly classic examples it's like a fun mix you know yeah I don't know whether you decide to do that or not. If you do do another show or something, hopefully I'll be able to catch it someday. Love to see that. Yeah, we'll see. And if not, you know. that's totally cool. I know you've got a lot of stuff going on. So if not, you know, when we get uploaded, maybe that's right. that'll be my time at the upload theater. In the metaverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. In the matrix. I definitely do not want to be uploaded to the metaverse. That's gonna be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'll be interesting i'm really curious to see what comes out of that i have so many i have that's a whole other podcast of thoughts on music and tech but uh, yeah we could probably do a whole podcast just on music <laughs> in the metaverse for sure yeah uh, but i did want to ask you like just real quick if you had to list your can't live without gear that you use in the studio top picks what would they be can't live without you've got some nice toys in there I'm just curious. How do I? How many? How many things can I list? Oh, there's no limit. Oh, okay. I would say the the case. It's not finished, so I could put more stuff in it. So I would say the case. <laughs> okay. Uh, like I love my matriarch, but it's also gigantic, and the, a case is a case. So it'd be the case, my HX stomp, a guitar, uh, push, a keyboard, and a laptop. Small keyboard, laptop. Yeah, I, I could rock with that and and the bass, but you know I could I probably say you're a bass I, player. Yeah, so the yeah the bass like I I've been more like I've been saying over and over I've been more drawn to stringed instruments to just like just quickly do something as opposed to like let me open up live or let me open up this and then let me make a track. It's just like just play it and then yeah. memorize it like old school and then be like okay now I want to record it. Um, but yeah, I, th I think that's it. If, if you give me another shot, I'd probably add almost everything. <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, the list could potentially go forever. Right. I, I love my sub. Yeah. I don't use it as much anymore, but I like, I'm, I'm doing a, a gig next it? month. Sub 37. Oh yeah, dude. I love mine. I have mine right here. Yeah. It's, it's here. like, I, it's like, I don't use it that much, but I'm just kind of like, I can't sell it because I'm going to need it one day, mm -hmm. either mm -hmm. on something, because it's straight ahead. Like the Matriarch's great, but I have to patch it. So if I yeah. want like just something that's straight ahead, or if somebody's like, hey, could you play 
do you have like do you have a bass synthesizer like i do have a bass synthesizer i'm gonna roll mm-hmm. up with a case too and then we're you yeah. know and then people are like oh you know when you pull out this when you pull out the synths people are like oh this person like yeah even if you do like not a great job they're like that was amazing it's like it's like when the push first came out people are like oh my god he's playing yeah. a c major chord <laughs> you're like yeah it's not that much you're like oh dude i was in a this is probably like nine years ago i was at a nashville networking meetup at 1979 uh, studios it's a really cool studio um it's like one of the only studios that does direct to disc mastering still in the u.s but but there was a lot of ogs there and a lot of synth heads and I asked one guy, or I asked a couple of people, I was like, who's like the most knowledgeable synth person in the room of like 60 people? And everybody pointed to this one guy and I walk up to him. I was like, yo, if you had a couple thousand dollars to drop on like the sexiest bass producing juicy synth you could ever get, what would it be? And like, without hesitating, he's like, get the Moog Sub 37. And that's what I did. And I'm really happy I yeah. did. It's a fantastic synth. It's... I love it. It's... I just been falling in love with the just the sub oscillator lately. Like I'm yeah. like sometimes I just turned off the other oscillators and I use that like as the bed. Like I'll I'll chain these and the matriarch will be playing the chords and I have a MIDI hub and then I'll say, Okay, from like C one to C three, send it to the sub. So when I play like the bass notes, the sub the matriarch's like kind of thin and then the sub 37 like fattens it up with that square you know mm-hmm. so it's pretty yeah it's pretty gnarly it's uh, a gnarly scent yeah i love yeah, the thing man crazy. i have to turn it on and let it like warm up for like 10 or 15 minutes before i use it but <laughs> it's it hasn't failed just, me yet <laughs> i just go at it i hardly ever warm it up <laughs> I just go. I just like rub it. I so just like, like stroke the keys and pet it, <laughs> give it a hug, talk to it, and whisper into its ear. I, yeah. I treat it like my car. I just turn it on, hit reverse, and just take off. <laughs> the uh I I do wish though, I, I almost did it, but it was when I was freelancing and I couldn't pull the trigger when the sub thirty seven C V came out. I was like, Oh, I should get that and I was like, I don't really have a reason to it now I really regret it now that I have modular stuff. My God, that would have been really mm. nice. I'd probably mm. use it way more with all the CV outputs because the sequencer on there is insane and it has all the LFOs and everything. I could have routed out of there, but maybe one day yeah. someone will give me one. They'll just say, hey, Josh, I really liked you on Dan's podcast. Uh, you want this sub-37 yeah. CV? I'll say, thank you. If anybody listening has an extra one, send yeah. it to Josh. <laughs> yeah, just just hit me up and tell me your name and I'll forget it. You're like, I'm Bart. And I'm like, Thanks, Bort. Sounds good. Thanks. <laughs> You're definitely getting one now. Well, you also, I saw you had the bot pad, and I looked at buying one of those a while ago. Do you still use it much, the Keith McMillan? Um, not. So there's, it's funny, like, a lot of the things I bought was for live performances, and then, you know, the pan, everything's the pandemic. But um, before that, I had, like, a whole show, like, with Cliff X and everything. I forgot to mention, Cliff X is kind of... Um, max for live i don't know for sure if it still exists sort of but i don't know it does it's been a while. no it definitely okay, does they just released a brand new version for live 11 okay great and it's a scripting language it's not max for live though oh yeah i guess they had a it's they different. had a yeah it's like python scripting but they had some max for live devices in there so i had a yeah. whole set that i had built in 2018 where 
I really didn't have to do much of anything. I just cliffxed everything. And then I could play my bass and my push and the bot pad, and it would just switch everything mm. for me. And so yeah. that was what I was using it for, is like to be able to play drums on certain parts. So I just wouldn't be like Sick. bored just twisting knobs. Um, yeah. So once I do more live stuff, then I'll definitely use the bot pad. Because I, I like finger drumming is cool, but to me it's much easier to just drum. Because that's what the first yeah. instrument, sort of, second instrument I learned. The one cool. I played the most for a while, so... Yeah, yeah. There's the uh, CliffX Pro Note Trigger Rack. I think that's like kind of newer. I might mm -hmm. be wrong, but that's amazing because you can have all these different commands in a drum rack, and then you just trigger oh, yeah. in a MIDI clip a note, and then it'll trigger that command in your set right. somewhere. And it's it's like CliffX for dummies. It, it's yeah. so easy to use and really cool. I and did that recently for some like automated live looping and stuff and triggering new yeah. clips and arming tracks and things like that. Yeah, like when they introduced, yeah, that's what I was using. Like when they introduced it, I was like, oh, okay, this is the same as like the 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 playback kind of stuff I was doing. Is like, hey, we want this to do that, and we want you know all these different things. Um, and I was like, oh, I could just do that for myself much easier and faster with just MIDI clips. So, you know, yeah. you just make that one track and you just like switch to this, switch to that. And it's like yeah. way easier to kind of like work with and then edit and copy and paste and all that type of stuff. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah shout out to Jules Jensen. Jules Jensen's the one that helped me set that up. He's a oh, okay, nice. wizard. Yeah. <laughs> good. He's a good yeah, dude. I forgot who... Is it Sean? I can't remember his last name that did the Cliff X. Sam Stray Hurley. It was Stray. Yeah. Stray made it. Sam. That's a, see, I told you it was an S and my brain said, it's Sean. I was yeah. so confident, confidently wrong. Isotonic Studios, I think, hired him and worked with him to exclusively sell Cliff X through them. So shout out to Isotonic. Yeah. They make a lot of really cool yeah. devices. Darren. Darren's a cool dude. Darren um, Kelly, we haven't talked yeah. on the yeah, we haven't talked in a while, but very cool dude, very nice. Yeah. You know, nothing but good things about Darren. Yeah, really nice guy. Yeah. He's great. I get his occasional like free devices sometimes that he'll send me from back in the day. So thanks, yeah. Darren, if you're listening. Yeah. He <laughs> sent me a you. lot of stuff. Uh, very appreciative. You know. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Well, Dude, thanks for hanging out on the podcast, yeah. man. This has been really cool. For sure. And um, any last things? Me. Yeah, anytime. Anytime. If you ever come to Denver, like hit me up. We'll hang out or something. Yeah, my wife has been asking me, like, when are we going to Denver? Because I've been twice without her. So yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to make it up to her. Yeah, I'll hit you up. Um, yeah. What make her happy. The last thing. The last thing. Yeah, I guess something cheesy like, you know, be true to yourself. Don't let other people get in your way. Love other people. And then for me and my personal stuff, I would say, yeah, just check out my Bandcamp, joshspoon.bandcamp.com. I know I said I'm like working on stuff and different route, but the old stuff is still good. So I like I still stand by it. So check that out. It's like, yeah, you know, you'd be like, I never heard of this guy or I never knew he did music. I thought he just like taught people Ableton Live. It's like, check out the music. Yeah, if you, you like got it. To. Let me know. I'm on Instagram all the time. Or Reddit, those are my those are my spots. Josh Spoon on both, and yeah, cool. Yeah, well, as usual, I'll include all the links in the show notes for everybody to click on. So make sure you go give Josh some love, and Please yeah, do. man, thanks thanks again for kicking it. 
yeah, keep uh, keep me posted and come visit me. We'll go climb a mountain or something when you get here. Come to Denver, yeah, bring your wife. We'll do some real boulder- bouldering. That's right. Yeah. yeah, my roommates are like really hardcore into bouldering and uh, top roping. So if you want to go climbing. Like out- outdoor? Oh, yeah, they do it all. Uh, I'm yeah. scared of outdoor. <laughs> I'm still indoor. <laughs> yeah. Where I could fall on a really cushy mat. Yeah. Well, there's that too. There's a lot of that here. So we'll find you a cushy mat if you want to do that. Yeah. Sweet. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you didn't hate this podcast episode, please leave a Spotify review. Give me those five stars. It would really help me out a lot. And I can crank out more content like this. Also, don't forget to check all the links in the show notes for this episode for more details. Follow the guests. Give them some love. If you want to stay connected with new upcoming episodes and be the first to see them come out, along with other free Max for Live devices or sample packs or things that I'll be sending out for free, join the newsletter. Just go to liveproducersonline.com newsletter. Link in the show notes for that as well. Also, if you didn't know, you can interact with me and others on this podcast. Tell me what you think about this episode. If you go to Spotify and click on the episode, then there is a place where you can share your comments, thoughts, and it's a great way to connect with me and others about each episode. Much love. Until next time, I'll see you later.